Last time on Good Job Adventures, deep within the vault of the Van Corfer compound, the last remnants of a tribe of ancient magi was found by the party, and perhaps by something far more sinister. However, our adventurers carried on to discover the truth of Tomas's research, a powerful artifact said to have limitless supply of energy. Before they could delve deeper, havoc came from above. Where is the party right now? And what new dangers must they face? Find out this episode here on Good Job Adventures. So welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to Good Job Adventures. Uh, and we're going to start back up uh, with specifically Aul and Elagos. Last session, the both of you uh, dove through the side of this metal tower, uh, narrowly avoiding being the target of the green magician. You begin to suffocate momentarily. Darkness surrounds you as the metal clings to your being, slowly pulling you inwards. And then you feel a jolt. And you open your eyes, and you can see the shipyard that you were previously in. And then you feel a pull upwards as the scenery changes to a space of absolute nothingness, filled with arcane symbols, golden lines of energy that swim through the air as if they each have a mind of their own. Alchemical symbols have impermanent locations as they dart around in the air. And then in an instant, you fall into the cold metal ground of this tower. Either of you, I would like to roll Arcana right now to see if you understand or know where you previously were. You could both roll it. Yeah, I mean, we might as I well. I got a nat 20. I'm not... <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fuck whatever I got. roll it. Let's see. I, I did roll it. It was a five. <laughs> the, the enlightened Aul. The crushed Elegos. Four times smarter uh, than Elegos. So, the place that you were primarily in uh, beforehand, Aul, you, you come to realize you were inside of the ethereal plane, uh, which you know is the space between everything and nothing both alike. And you know that, well, since you have such an in-depth knowledge of Arcana, uh, based off of your um, your roguish uh, archetype, uh, you understand that this is where the Weave lives, uh, in between uh, in between like nothingness and creation. Uh, that's what you interpret those golden threads to be. So now I would like uh, let's just have Elico steal the show here and roll a perception check to see if you know where you are now. Yes, let me steal this show with my minus one. I also haven't told Elagos any of this. So. <laughs> uh, 16. Not bad. All right, so you look around the area, and you see that it is incredibly dark. All around you are chunks of metal, shards of gems, crushed wooden crates, torn clothes, and for the most part, it's junk. You're able to see that some of the crushed wood that is around you is from the door, uh, that you saw that had gotten absorbed. The chunks of uh, metal and earth are just from the floor that was absorbed by the Green Magician. You see that uh, some of these crates are from the ship uh, that had been absorbed by the Green Magician, uh, magician and uh, the, the wolves uh, slash dogs. And as you peer around, the one thing that you do notice inextricably about this room is that it is incredibly cold. You can see your breath. 
and it seems that your breath uh, transforms into like this like kind of hot steam that rises towards the ceiling, which eventually dissipates. And as you're peering around the room, Elagos, uh, you can see towards the opposite end of this area, the wall begins to shift uh, with, a, a, it looks like an entrance as if one of the dogs is coming through the side. Uh, what would you like to do at this moment, both of you? So uh, are we just calling him the Green Magician now? Is that established? I don't think he's a magician, right? The yeah, magician. That's, yeah, that's a doesn't weird... Doesn't really fit. It seems a little too benign. How about uh, Blasto? That's he blasts better. everything. What about... Yeah, Blasto's fine. <laughs> yeah. So as you guys are debating what to call the uh, what to call Blasto, uh, you see that one of the dogs sort of peers its head in through the uh, through, through the side of the wall, and it looks uh, decently it, it looks decently ragged. It looks like this was the one that was being beat up for a little bit. If you guys would like to hide, you can stealth behind uh, some of the rubble. Uh, if not, you can uh, you can just cho- choose to observe it. It doesn't seem to have noticed you yet. It kind of shakes itself off as if trying to rustle its wiry metal hair. Elgos is going to hide just in case Blasto is uh, coming in behind the dog. Okay. I'll hide as well, but not because of that. Because I just like hiding in general. Ooh. Uh, 16. All right. Um, let's hope my... I got a three. Let's hope my modifier is good. Uh, 13. All right. Jeez. <laughs> that, is, that is very high. Uh, so you both... I will, actually, both both of you flavor what you're, what you're hiding behind. Um... I'm hiding behind, I guess, some of the um, the debris from the door, just kind of, like, <clears throat> climbing underneath it like a small lean-to. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure of what there even is to hide behind. I guess I'll just go behind a crate or whatever is He's left. He's going to turn into a small creature and hide behind Elgos. <laughs> it's, I, I could. Yeah, I don't... Uh, you should. All right, fine. I'll turn into... No, I won't. I don't... <laughs> I'll just hide behind Elgos. I don't even... I'm not sure what the options are so i'll just do that all right so as you guys hide behind uh the the door and then behind elegos uh you see that the the metal dog begins to peer around the room and it sets its sights on a few chunks of metal that it sees on the floor it walks over to it and gently grasps it in its mouth then uh as you guys are currently hiding and the dog has picked up the metal it walks over to the wall again and begins to lightly growl underneath its breath and then from the wall, juts out solid steps that begin to ascend towards a doorway you now see uh, about 20 feet up in the air. The dog kind of walks up to that doorway and enters it. So, just to be clear, the like a bunch of like steps up to a door 20 feet up just appeared, like, materialized. Yes, the, the steps materialized, but the door was kind of in the wall. Did the okay. door have one of those small doggy doors for it to go through? Yes, it did. It, it flapped through the bottom of it. Is there, is there any other exit here besides this door? I mean, we could try going back through the wall, but I don't think we want to run into Blasto again. Nah. Uh, I guess I'll roll perception to see if there's any other exit. I got my um, 16. Okay. So you, you look around the room as well. You don't necessarily notice anything that looks like an exit outside of this door. It looks like this is mostly just a room for unused yeah. scraps. Yeah, let's just go through. Okay. So as you guys uh, walk, walk up the steps to the uh, narrow metal hallway, the metal door that it uh, has there, you see the little doggy door, and I assume you guys you just go on, push the door open. It doesn't give any uh, doesn't give any resistance. Bold of you to assume I wouldn't try to use the doggy door. All right, go okay. ahead. <laughs> Why would Elagos, a paladin, be going through a doggy door? I didn't say I was. I just thought it was bold of him to assume. So you, you do not use the doggy door. Uh, I do and not. the you open up the metal the metal door that uh, that that the hound had slipped through, 
and you begin to walk down a narrow metal hallway, just as cold as the previous room. And you begin to hear a loud buzzing sound as you eventually step out into a clearing that it looks like a balcony in a massive chamber. You're still standing inside of the hallway at the moment unless you wish to just go out on the balcony and expose yourself, but you can see from the hallway there is a large green ball of light hovering below you as you come uh, towards the exit of this hallway. It doesn't completely encompass the entire room, however, and it just hovers in the middle, leaving some room on the sides. Wait, so we're in a hallway and there's a balcony at the end of the hallway? Correct. Where's the, how's the ball of light below us? It would be below the balcony. So we haven't seen that yet. Uh, you were kind of at like the end of the hallway, I would assume, unless you want to just step out onto the balcony itself. You could you could see it from the uh, from the hall from the hallway though. How thick is this tower that we were in a big room, we went down a straight hallway, and now we're in a bigger room? It could be like uh, Ron Weasley's car or something, where it's uh, bigger on the inside. That's what? No, that's the wrong example. You chose the wrong pop culture example. Did I? <laughs> Did I thought you? it was. I thought it was bigger on the inside. Yeah, you think of the TARDIS, my dude. I am. I'm going to step off the... No, uh, Ron Weasley's car is bigger on the inside. You're thinking of the tent. Yeah, you're, the you're tent thinking of the tent. The tent is bigger on the inside. All right, hold on. F- temporary five-second Google. It, the car is normal size. It just flies. I mean, inside. The car. Yeah, it's, it's uh, the same size. It was also modified so it could fit eight people, six trunks, two owls, and a rat comfortably. Does <laughs> that seem like a normal Moving car on. to you? How does that wool right. know about Rod Weasley's car? Whatever. So <laughs> That was just, that was me. Everybody uh, knows about Rod Weasley's car. All right. <laughs> Disembodied voice. All right. <laughs> so, yeah, this is, uh, this is a lot like a, let's keep going. <laughs> So you you walk through the hallway. You see a balcony. On the balcony stands the dog with the metal inside of its mouth. You can peer outside, still using your previous stealth rolls, not to alert the dog, but you can see that there is a massive green orb that seems to be humming slightly below the balcony. As you look around the room, which you can see from the hallway, you can see that there are other balconies that exist inside of this room. You do feel, however, there is an incredibly light feeling as you sort of stand near this room, as if the pull of gravity is not as prevalent here. So, at this point, the dog will attempt to drop the metal into the green orb that is below it. So it releases the metal from its mouth, and you see, uh, underneath the green orb, the metal dissipates into a smoke and rises, and it heats up the room. Then, the dog in front of you jumps into the green light in a large burst of light, comes from the orb, and some steam flows back into it. And then a healthier-looking metal dog pops up from the orb and lands on one of the few other balconies and exits this room through another door. At this point, you are currently alone in this in this room, inside of this hallway, adjacent to the balcony. What would you like to do? Are there any dogs left? Currently, you do not see any dogs. You think, Elagos, if uh, you jump in there, you'll come out and be like, Mecha Elagos? Listen, I'm, I think there's some sort of, like, law of equivalent exchange shit going on there. I don't want to go in and come out on the other side looking like freaking John Bill. Carpenter's the thing. Uh, he's just going to keep throwing references. So as you say that, yeah. you take... Adding, adding to the list of things that now exist in your universe. Elagos looks down at the bottom of this pit, underneath the green orb. And you can see at the bottom of this pit is a stack, or rather a pile of figures all turned into a harsh blackened stone. There is the angry visage of Oakley Boomer, no doubt absolutely frazzled that you had thrown his golem out of the window before he had been blasted. The horrified look of Dubilius Derek Cochran and his Kenku cronies. 
I'd like you to actually roll an investigation check for me. Not only investigation. That's a 19. You succeed, and you can see that beyond their hoods now, that these were not kankus at all, but rather harpies. John Peters was right. And finally, at the bottom of this hole, you can see the cold, stalwart face of Fixus Van Clorfer clutching onto his brooch, which you can see contains a large emerald. Should we try to, like, communicate with them? What if they're under some sort of hypnosis? You also did, even if they're not, you destroyed Oakley Bumez Ewax Golem, so he's probably kind of pissed. He can make more? Ewax doesn't grow on trees, Eligos. It does grow in ears. Not always. You ever see John Carpenter's The Fuck? What does that have to do So, alright. So, you guys see this right now. So as you, as you um as you guys kind of examine the bottom of the uh, the pit where you see the 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 visages of the of the people that you uh, knew or had met briefly, you can hear some shuffling and growling from one of the higher balconies. As you see a few dogs dragging what seems to be Mitzi's companion towards the edge of the pit. So. As you take a look at him, uh, the person that you may or may not know is Nid. I'm fairly certain I mentioned his name. If not, that's his name. Uh, He seems to be lying lifeless as the dogs seem to drag him across the floor. Oh, no. Now, for a moment... Is there any way to get to that balcony from where we are? uh, You see that it is about three balconies up. So each balcony is about separated by 10 feet. This is about 30 feet up. And as I mentioned before... The gravity in this room seems to be a lot lighter than it normally would be. How much lighter? Give it a shot. Alright, I'm gonna try to jump up 30 feet. Well, maybe just go from one balcony to the next. You don't have to You don't have to do it all in one leap. I'm gonna try to jump 30 feet. Alright, oh, so geez. try... Now, since you're going to attempt to jump 30 feet, I want you to roll athletics and or al- acrobatics. Alright, I have a plus four in athletics. Let's see this. Uh, all right, that's a, um, an eight. All right, so you are able to successfully jump, but not 30 feet. As Aul had said previously, try jumping from balcony to balcony as you overshoot and then land on one of the other, uh, one of the other balconies 10 feet up. All right. I will now try. All right. And I'm going to try I'll stick jumping. I'll, uh, assist by sticking out my hand. I'm going to deal for all 30 feet. 16. All right, you're successfully able to jump and use Elagos' open hand as a lift to get you 20 feet up, 10 feet below the balcony where Nid is is currently laying on the ground. And the dogs begin to try and push him over. He's about halfway over right now. I'm going for the big leap. Yeah, I'll be there to help Elagos get up if he needs any assistance. Okay, so uh, I want Elagos to roll athletics again, and then this time you can do it with advantage due to the fact that he's going to be doing the same thing for you. Well, that's that's twenty three. Okay. Uh, so and okay. Go ahead. That's not that's lower than a twenty. All right. Up, up, and away, Elagos. As you actually cosmonaut your way through the air and come crashing down next to the dogs, uh, the one of the dogs kind of turns to you, Elagos, and begins to growl, while the other two dogs try to push Nid over the side. If you would like salutations, remember that. Who, me? The, 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 do- the dog looks towards you. What are you going to do? What am I going to do? 
Are we rolling initiative? Uh, or? Uh, I don't think I have spells that would help me at this point, so I'm just going to um, attack the dog. Okay. Start. <laughs> good. Good idea. Uh, which dog? I, I'm going to attack the dog that's facing me. Okay. Uh, and hopefully, in the process, get the attention of the other two dogs. Okay. I'm up with him, right? Elego- uh, you're you're ten feet below right now. I will, but I'll get to what you want to do after Elegos. I won't make the dogs move. But Elegos, you want to attack that one dog. So first, roll yes. initiative, then roll an attack to hit. Initiative. That's an eleven. All right. Now I want you. T- uh, was the eleven to the attack or the initiative? The initiative. Okay. Now roll the. Uh, that's why I said initiative. Roll the attack. All right. Attack. Is that for initiative? Um, 20. You're able to hit the dog. So Thank goodness. So roll the damage, and then we're going to resolve right. Elul. 1d8 plus 3. Define my d8. Well, uh, well 7 plus 3, uh, so 10. All right. So you've now successfully struck the dog. Elul, what would you like to do? First roll initiative, and then we can, uh, then we can have uh, you do whatever it is that you wanted to do on your turn. I got a net 20. Is that for initiative? <laughs> no, nah, uh, go ahead. So that is a, in total, is a 24. Great, sh- great show, by the way. That's another thing in canon now. Um, Stop this. So yes, I will jump up the 10 feet. Do I need to roll for no, that? No, the end? 10 feet you do not need to roll for. And then I will stab a dog in the back, non-lethally. Okay, so non-lethally. Roll, roll the attack. As a surprise. I'm ho- is it surprising? Uh, yeah, they didn't notice you. They were focused on Elegos. So you may right, have advantage. So I get advantage. Okay. One second. A 12. Uh, you fail. Yeah, well, you, you have advantage, don't you? Oh, wait, I do have advantage. Did you Did you <laughs> not roll twice? Oh, no, that was my... <laughs> you just said this. Yeah, roll again. Ooh, um, uh, 21. You hit. I will stab my crease, slash Chris, into the uh, dog's back. And since I have advantage, I get sneak attack. So, uh, let me get my damage, my, my damage dice. This is adamantine, correct? Yes, I still haven't, you still haven't told me what the special ability for that is. It's adamantine. putting him on blast publicly. Thank you. Snock, snock a Yes, I still am waiting for what that is, but, uh, alright. A four, alright, so, first I got an eight, and then I get an extra 3d6 for the sneak attack. 8 plus uh, 14, 19, um, 20. So you dealt 28 damage? No, just 20. Oh, okay. Uh, so now at this point, uh, the, the two dogs, one of them has been stabbed. The other dog is being accosted by Elagos. The third dog currently has no one accosting him and attempts to shove. Well, I have, uh, my turn's not oh, over. Oh, is it not over yet? Continue. I have bonus action now. Go ahead. Which I'll use to stab with my other dagger. Um, that's only a 13. Oh, uh, that misses. Well, my but do you over. have advantage? No. Oh. <laughs> he already hit it. I also will move in between the dogs and the Nid, whatever his name is. Basically be like, you can't push him. I'm between him and you. I'm here. Okay. I'm here now. So you're kind of standing <laughs> over me. him. He's halfway over the edge of the balcony. So you kind of stand over him. I'll stand on his feet. You stand on his feet. All right. So now, what what's going to happen is the dogs, the the two dogs that are still on Nid are going to attempt to push him off. So I'm gonna roll a athletics check. Uh, you can roll a contested athletics check. All right. Athletics is uh, not my strong suit. 
Um, I got a six. Okay. <laughs> they rolled a they rolled a seventeen. So they're going to attempt to push him off, and they succeed. So as he falls down, uh, rather slowly, uh, he falls into the green light, and you can see after he falls into the green light, a large pillar of energy and steam shoots up from the orb, and you see his blackened body fall onto the pile on top of the rest of the uh, the people that you see there. Moments later, steam gathers, and at the orb, you see a figure emerge from it and shoots up into the air, landing on a balcony on the opposite side of this uh, of this pit at the same level as you as it stares towards you. Completely metal and cloaked in, well, more metal, I would assume. Nothing about him would be cloth or black anymore. Uh, his newly steel form reflects the green light from in front of him, uh, and he draws his massive sword. At this point, we're going to cut over to the other part of the party, the rest of them that have been dumped off. So that would be Wilhelm, Breathweaver, Ander, and Mitzi. The rest of you that were hit with the blast of energy from the green mage, or blasto as we call him now, as the beam consumed you, it felt as if your entire bodies were being broken down into its base components. And for a moment, you felt as if you didn't exist. The only thing that was there was your will. Then you began being rebuilt, reformed. Your flesh, your armor, your clothes. Then you appear here, within the deep hall of a tower. Besides you are each other and Mitzi, whose companion is nowhere to be found. Uh, Mitzi, wasn't there somebody with you? No, Nid was right here a a moment ago. I, I, he was, we got blasted and now we're here to, where are we? I don't know, that was gonna be my next question. Okay, uh, do do any of you know what's going on here? I, I have no idea. I'm gonna take a look around to see if I can recognize anything on the walls, anything on the ceiling, anything where we are. Sure, sure. So roll a perception check. Uh, Breathweaver, you're also here as well, too. Yep. Okay, 13 plus 5, that's an 18. Okay, so as you peer around the room, it seems to be a wide open hall with torches of white flame lit on, lit on, the, uh, lit on the walls. No heat seems to emit from these uh, these flames, and you all begin to feel the cold as your breaths rise to the ceiling and then begin to dissipate. You notice that there are banners with with a green encircled eight-pointed star uh, that seem to line the hallway up to an altar upon which stands a metallic figure, currently not moving. But if you would like to uh, further roll, Ander, please roll me a religion check. Six. Okay, you stare upon the banners on the wall, and yet nothing comes to mind as what these symbols may mean to you. So I know these sim- I recognize these symbols, but I'm not sure where I recognize them from. Uh, I'll try to take a look at it and see if I can recall anything. Sure, go ahead and roll religion. Seven. Uh, unfortunately, uh, you also do not know where these, uh... Can I take a look at these? <laughs> sure. The whole party, completely flabbergasted. By 23. Congratulations. You notice that this symbol is the symbol of Mistra. Come on, guys. This is obviously the symbol of Mitch... Mitra. Mitchell. It's the symbol of Mitch McConnell. Oh, yes, I, 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 to- I totally knew it was. I totally knew it was Mr. I was just, uh, I was just fucking with you. Uh, uh... <laughs> Did Phil, I would say Mr. Um, Mr. 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 The goddess who's killed 
by Elm. Elm Cow. Yeah. Where? Is Elikos here? Because if Elikos is around... No, he's probably busy killing her again or something. Yeah, if Elikos is around here, uh, that's gonna get kind of awkward. So, you see Mitzi <laughs> kind of look towards you and, and they say, Why? Why? What do you even mean? Why does Mistress Why? Symbol have to do anything with your friend Elikos? So, so Mistra, Mistra was a goddess killed was slain by the god Hell. Yes, yes, I've read books. Elagos is a of Hell. Ooh, okay. That still doesn't make sense, but fair enough. Um, if we're in a Mistra temple and he's wearing his armor, which proudly displays the symbol of Helm. <clears throat> I didn't see a symbol of Helm, I just saw just a sticker. just been Ruel people, no, you know, right? Like his, his symbol... <laughs> Go on. <laughs> Go on. No, like he has a symbol of Helm on his armor. I'm pretty sure. I see. So, uh, they, Mitzi dismisses you for the moment, and they, 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 they kind of look towards Wilhelm, and they say, uh, "So, like, uh, my my companion uh, Nid is in here right now. Do you mind if I um, kind of hang around with you guys for a moment? Uh, kind of feeling a little." Uh, Left out in the, left out in the open here. I mean, we weren't gonna say no if you followed us. Let's be. It's always polite to ask. with us. There's no real reason. We're all stuck in the same uh, nest right now. We're all in the same boat right now, so I don't see why we'd split up. Yeah, that yeah that that, that would be a very bad idea. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so Mitzi begins to look uh, towards the end of the hall where uh, Andrew, you had seen a metallic. Uh, figure standing. It kind of looks like a statue. Mitzi begins to move towards that statue, uh, kind of walking down the hall. I, I assume that most of you would follow. Is that correct? Yep. Yeah. Okay. So as you approach further uh, to the altar that stands there, you see a uh, short dwarf-like statue. Uh, and as you approach it, you see it, it begins to talk to itself and it begins to move. However, it doesn't seem to have acknowledged you yet. And then you hear its voice, its shrill voice ring out. Back in my day, we made energy from good old magic. Why not let the golems do it? As it begins to pace back and forth, uh, you recognize uh, this awful voice and uh, this disgusting figure uh, to be Oakley Boomer. However, is completely uh, metallicized. Uh, Mr. Boomer, are you okay? Uh, and you see this metallic being kind of look towards you. Its kind of eyes aren't even, don't even have pupils. And it just continues to, to like scream out weird, awkward ideas that technology is bad. Magic's the only way to do it. Go to old fashioned golems. Uh, as it begins to uh, scream and shrill uh, back and forth. Okay, yeah, you have a good day too. So, Oakley Boomer was hit by the green beam, too. I would like to check ourselves as the party to make sure we're not metallic beings as well. Okay, roll a medical check. You'd have to be pretty dense not to notice that. Like, well, <laughs> if you made a metal, you would be yeah, pretty dense. Like that that's that's the, joke. the joke. One moment. I dropped my die off the table and... God. Time for you to test your metal. Okay, uh, where the fuck did it go? Found it. <laughs> Just Congratulations, you want a medal? <laughs> and that is a 16. Okay, so you roll a medicine check of 16. 
uh, and you kind of look at yourself and you don't necessarily seem to be made out of metal. You probably would have noticed that. Uh, but you do notice that your, uh, the, the, like your foot seems to be a little bit, a little bit metallic. It, it just like towards the tip of like your, your foot and you can see it begins to crawl very, ever so slowly over your feet it's foot or his shoe uh it's it would be his shoe uh i, I think he's wearing a onesie and steel tip boots yeah well <laughs> now they're now they're steel tip boots but you see just a tad uh just <laughs> a little, little bit because he refuses to take off his tims <laughs> so you, you're metallicizing a little bit and that's just by looking at yourself you can see on your uh companions and compatriots almost the exact same thing happening this is a weird wait so it's on their shoes that are metallicizing yeah it's very very I, slow i ask one of them to take the shoe off and see if their foot's also metallicizing oh, okay let me see if that works you should and we're, we're slowly becoming like oakley we should check if it's contagious to the clothing or more than that so you check. Andrew does. Uh, Andrew's definitely wearing an open-toed sandal, but he still takes it off. <laughs> you, you take off your open-toed sandal, and you can see that on yep. like your your pinky toe, uh, that there is some uh, there is some metal that seems to be very slowly crawling up your your foot and slash leg. Mm, uh, uh oh, it's on my foot, <laughs> and it seems to be crawling up my pinky toe. Well, it. Mm. We should uh, yeah, absolutely try to undo this because I, I would rather not be a man of metal. <laughs> Ranting about golems, yeah. Yeah. I mean, also that. Well, I think I, it might I, be based on our personality. What? Uh, what? Yeah, yeah. What? Because, well, think the about, ranting think about, about the it. Golem thing. He ranted. Yeah. He's ranting about technology, which is what he was doing right before yes. he got blasted. I think it might bring out the worst in us. This metal. If we get fully oh, transformed, God. we now have a time limit, it would seem. Uh, well, okay. Let's try to figure out how to get rid of this. So you see, after uh, a few moments of discussing this, you see Oakley Boomer uh, begin to actually kind of acknowledge that you are currently here. And as he does uh, notice you all, uh, he begins to dig deep into his hollow ears and pull out some disgustingly large portions of metal goop. Uh, and spreads that mercury-like wax over the floor, and a magical circle is formed. <laughs> oh, that. Uh, can we help <laughs> you, uh, Mister Boomer? If you're going to do that, please tell us to look away, because that is very disgusting. That was pleasant. Can I use wall of water to wash away the disgusting <laughs> stuff on the floor? <laughs> uh, <laughs> you you may very well try, but you see that as the as like the magic circle has been completed, uh, you see Oakley kind of just like put his hands together and start rubbing it, and then he kind of presses his hands to the metal. When you say oh, rubbing it, God. Uh, so at this point, I don't even. Yeah, I'm not sure what's going on here, but I'm gonna cast a counter spell. You cast counter spell. How does that necessarily work on on levels of magic? I'm casting it at level three, so anything that is a spell of third level or lower fails. Okay, he's casting a fifth level spell. Are you able to okay. counter that? So you have to roll for fifteen yeah. to counter it. Okay, yeah. go ahead. Nat twenty. All right, so you're able to success. He really wanted that. Yeah, he really don't like the goop. So as you see, uh, Oakley kind of what just like. Ultra shook right now. <laughs> <laughs> Stop adding these. Uh, but you you see, uh, 
Oakley kind of presses his hands to the ground around the uh, the goop, and nothing happens as his spell seems to fizzle, and he looks incredibly angry. Now, Breathweaver, you were going to make a wall of water, correct? Well, I was going to clean it up with some water, but there doesn't seem to be a need anymore because it's fizzled away. Okay, uh, so now at this point, <laughs> Oakley kind of just like shakes his fist in anger. He's like, good old magic! Uh, and he's going to roll for his initiative, and I'd like the rest of you to roll initiative as well. Mitzi will oh, Finn, you, you missed a perfect opportunity for you meddling kids. Then <laughs> <Yep. laughs> I'm disappointed with you. Uh, yeah. Uh, 14 for initiative. Okay. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's a 6. Yeah, that's a 6. And then uh, Breathweaver. Oh, I have to roll for that. Yes, you do. Yes. I keep trying to roll on roll 20. I don't just get to um, that 20 initiative. I have to roll for that. Fucking bullshit. Four. Uh, yeah, are you, uh, he did, said, you, he did said, you roll? He said four. Oh, he said four? I didn't even hear him. Okay. Yeah, you gotta listen if you wanna. Yeah, if you wanna I listen. I said it loudly, that'd too. That'd be helpful. <laughs> you son of a bitch. All right. It might so, have me on mute. So, it, it, currently right now, it's Oakley's turn. Uh, so, he's going to roll another... Um, He's actually going to roll a spell. Ander, what is your AC? I rolled a, I rolled a 16. Yeah, that's going to hit. As you see a bolt of fire appear from his hand, and you take uh, nine, uh, you take nine fire damage as a, as a bolt of uh, a fire appears from his hand and smacks you. Hellish rebuke. All right, cast hellish rebuke. Do I have to make a con save or something, right? Uh. Dex save. Yep. All right. Uh, I rolled a 14. Does that pass? That fails. Okay, how much damage does he take? So that's going to be 2d10. Let me make sure. Let me see. 14. It takes 14 Ooh. damage. Okay. Yep. So perfect. So you see Oakley kind of go back and uh, he, he, he kind of rears back. He's like, oh and my that's, uh, god! 14 fire damage. I don't know if that would affect because he's metallic. Yep. I uh, Yeah, Hell should be definitely fire. So now at this point, Ander, what is your uh, deck score? Because Mitzi rolled the exact same score as you. Uh, not great. It's a uh, 14. Okay, so they ha- they have an 18, so it's better than yours. Uh, not great. Uh, what, it's not great. Uh, would, wouldn't Hellish Rebuke do more damage because you're a warlock and spells automatically like scale to your max level? No, because yep. Hellish Rebuke... The reason I have Hellish Rebuke... Oh, wait, no. It would do. You don't question Harris when it comes to D&D knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> Especially about Bane. Especially about Bane. Dude, I studied Bane for like three weeks. <laughs> but what does it do? Fair enough. Nobody knows. Yeah, so that would actually do one D, an extra 1d10, but I won't roll, roll it. Why not? Just roll, roll the damage. Up. I don't feel like uh, it. Uh, I don't think it's a choice. Yeah, you shouldn't have told me to roll it. That's another 10 fire damage. Okay, so you, you deal... Oh, good good job. Oh, how terrible of you to have to roll to deal more damage to the enemy. What a fucking compromise you had to make there. But continuing on... It's, now, it's like he's got like 499 pieces of 500-piece puzzle in front of him, holding the last piece in his hand. It's like, no, I won't do it. <laughs> Now, now it's Mitzi's turn, and you see they kind of raise up their hand and begin to like make these weird movements, almost as like they're like plucking at like guitar strings midair. And then you see uh, a blue light kind of appear on Oakley, uh, and he's going to have to make a dexterity saving throw. She's playing Wonderwall. 
Uh, so Oakley fails, and he is now bathed. Um, inside of <laughs> oh no, <laughs> oh no, no more earwax. He's bathed in a uh, in a in a violet light, a violet blue light, uh, which Ander you're able to notice is fairy fire. So any attack uh, against Oakley has advantage so long as that they can see him, uh, and he can't be invisible anymore uh, if he was going to be. Uh, so that is the end of uh, their turn. So now we're going to move over to um, it would be Ander's turn now for sure. I'm gonna fire off an Eldritch Blast. You have advantage. No, I won't roll the second one. That's a nat 20. <laughs> what, is, what is happening? Uh, roll the, you know what? I'm just not gonna roll damage. This is fine. Please. No, I won't do it. <laughs> roll your damage. Ander. Oh wait, I'll have to use the patented Ander counter. Oh, please kill me. Please kill me. I want to die. <laughs> Nine and the second being the second and for the second being sixteen. Alright, so you're able to hit him twice, so you deal nine damage. That's it that's the first that being. The second being is Make sure you add your yeah, you add the plus five. Your plus five uh, yeah, that the is with the five. The nine is with the five initially, and then <laughs> the nine to five. <laughs> uh and that's thirteen the for the second one. Okay, so that's damn. Uh, so you you absolutely pummel him. You just pummel him with these beams of light, uh, uh, these beams of force, uh, as they just like completely throw him back into the wall. And he's like, "Ow, everything hurts. Pain uh, is now Wilhelm." This is turn. real magic. <laughs> what? How dare you? Wilhelm is gonna um, approach Oakley as as he's as. Uh, Wilhelm is doing so. He's gonna do two things. One, intentionally walk through the magic circle and like do his best to like kind of disrupt it as much as he can. And then two, cast Searing Smite. Uh, so you kind of just like shuffle over his magical circle, uh, kind of just like as if it was drawn in playground sand. Uh, and then you walk up to him with the Searing Smite. Uh, roll, roll the hit and damage. All right. So I'm gonna uh, bonk him in the face. Oh, gee, uh, I'm not at advantage. Let me do that, try that one more time. No, you are. Oh, I am? Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Any creature in the area should be, uh, any attack roll against the affected ob creature object has well, uh, advantage. I rolled a, f a 10, then an 11. So, yeah. is that to hit? Oh, no, yeah. oh, no, so you miss. You, you, you miss Oakley. I miss uh, you As you hit, the, you smack the wall uh, that well, he, was, he was leaning still, up against. Like, kind of on fire. As you can see, like, the metal dripping down the side of his face. Uh, it is now, is that the end of your turn? Or do you have a, anything else you can do? That's There's all I metal can do. Drip Wait, there's metal dripping down the side of his face? Yeah, how hot is this that it's, like, melting metal? What? Yeah, this seems, uh... Is it made of jet fuel? Perhaps. We don't <laughs> know this. Breathweaver, it's your turn now. Breathweaver will go with time metal rust. With <laughs> 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 the time metal... <laughs> just eventually cutting out of the combat. So, what does slow do? And do I have to make a save for this? Uh, so essentially it'll slow him down and the, the idea of the say, uh, so you alter time around you to up to six creatures. There's only one right now. Um, each target must succeed a wisdom saving throw or be affected <laughs> by the spell. They take a minus two to AC. They Does a nat 20 pass? Saving throws and they can't use reactions. They can only use an action or both. Does a nat 20 pass? All right. also, <laughs> yeah. Wait, also, if you're slowing time, that will make it take it longer for him to it, rust. Yeah, it would make it harder for yeah, him to rust. Like, it was supposed to like represent him rusting because he's slower. Also, so. you don't know that he's made of a metal that oxidizes, which is what causes rust. 
<laughs> All right, so enough science and. And that's enough science in my D and D. So you, you <laughs> slow. He's able to rebuff it, and that's it, that's the the spell fizzles. Uh, do you have anything else you can do? Uh, no, All right. Nothing I really so wanted to it's do now that. the top of the order again. It's it's Oakley's turn, and he now sees he's in very dire straits, and he begins to uh, dig into his ears once again, and then smear uh, the metal-like substance over himself, and then he. I uh, will pay you to never say that again. No. <laughs> well, they might just kill Oakley, so it's fine. And he casts. Uh, his magic on himself. Can you counterspell as a reaction? Yes. Ender? Okay. And I'm so going if, to. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, spell slots do you have left? Uh, probably not a lot one. if he's using all of these. Oh, all right. No, so another, this is be the last one. you have to roll against another DC 15. 16. You son of a. <laughs> all right. So, <laughs> as you see, he try like you see Oakley's like aha, and he taps his hands to his chest, and absolutely nothing happens. As Ander is just like. With, with like his fa- like his uh, finger in like a gun shape as he like blows off like this imaginary steam, uh, and he's, he's like you you meddling kid, uh, and he he's unable it. to do you anything. It, it's it, the moment's passed. All right, yeah, fine. Uh, so now that's the end yeah. of Oakley's turn as he as he just sits there, absolutely nothing else he can do, uh, and it's Mitzi's turn. They're going to throw a dart at him, a dart over at. Uh, over at Oakley, and it's able to hit him, and they're going to take. Uh, he's going to take a D4 worth of damage. Four damage. All right, and then Oakley kind of just gets a uh, a nice dart inside of their inside of their chest uh, as it moves over to Ander's turn. All right, and now I'm gonna go back to Arc One Ander and throw out a chill touch. The hand is gonna come up behind him and throw him down. Careful how you finish that sentence. <laughs> Twenty-two. So what's the uh, what's the damage on that you hit? It's gonna be two d eight. Twelve. All right. So you're able to successfully kill him as the as the hand kind of pushes him towards the ground. You see Oakley splatters and smears all over the ground as he kind of turns to this mercuryish like metal on the ground and kind of just oozes over his uh his uh magical circle that he had constructed mm-hmm. without even fully being able to do the one mechanic yeah, he had uh, so and before uh before the chill touch hand goes away it tries to get a high five from mitzi all right and you see mitzi high fives uh high fives the hand uh down low all right roll 2d8 damage yep, yeah, <laughs> As you have felled Oakley Boomer, the metal kind of just seeps into the ground and then steam begins to rise uh, from it and up towards the ceiling again. As you all stand there, you see Mitzi kind of just asks everyone that's standing here, okay, so what actually just happened? Like, why was there a metal disgusting, thank you, by the way, Ander, earwax man uh, attempting to attack us? Well, I get the feeling that's gonna be us if we don't cure whatever happened to him, because as I pointed out, we're all slowly metallicizing. And it's probably something to do with that green beam. So I think what happened with that green beam is we kind of started metallicizing. Uh, Obviously, uh, obviously, Oakley Boomer was fully metallicized. Maybe what he was trying to do was uh, further speed up the, the metalization in in within us. Hmm. Magic was inside. You know, you know of what would be along. you know what would be really funny is if Oakley was trying <laughs> to like unmetalicize us and then you kept stopping him. 
<laughs> you know that would be really funny. Um, do you guys know what this this place is, or what that green being that blasted us was? I think I think one of you called him Blasto. No one called him Blasto. That was Elegus. Yeah. Yeah. That's. Uh, I have no idea what thing blasted us, or what person blasted us, for all that matter. But we're here, and we're all gonna be turning into that metal Oakley Boomer. Yeah, that's not great. So like. Do you have any sort of idea at all what this place is? What what on earth it could be? This is kind of disconcerting. I have no idea. Uh, well, when he when, when that guy showed up, a tower showed up with him. Maybe he just kidnapped us and locked him in his ta- locked that us in his tower. Is actually oh, no. a pretty good idea. That's going, Breath Weaver. Alright, so as you guys continue to talk here, the metal from Oakley Boomer uh, kind of just spills over the altar entirely now, and it begins to turn. Uh, and as the altar begins to turn, uh, you notice that a hole kind of just like comes out from behind the wall and leads to a stairwell that uh, goes down into a uh, into another cold hallway. Well, nowhere to go but forward so. now, so uh, let us march uh, okay, on. Okay, I guess. You do so, you hear a, uh, a, lo- a loud humming uh, sound uh, for, for coming from a, a large room uh, that seems to be further down the hallway. You guys kind of come out to a clearing now inside of this large room where you see uh, it, there is a large green light uh, that is a, or, and slash orb at the bottom of a pit. And you can see now that um, Mitzi's companion, Nid, uh, standing on one balcony, Elagos uh, and Aul are standing on another balcony uh, with a couple of dogs, and the rest of you now emerge another ten feet higher than everyone uh, that was that is currently in the room. Uh, from where they're standing, can Andrus see that uh, Elagos is not wearing the armor that has uh, the seal of Helm on it, but the uh, the new armor that Ander made for him. I didn't. I can't uh, make Ander armor. made some armor. Ander, oh man, Wilhelm made for him. <laughs> he can. Oh right, Elagos upgraded his armor. End the session. Thanks for listening to this episode of Good Job Adventures. If you like what you just heard, be sure to let us know by rating the podcast on your preferred listening platform. For questions about the cast, business inquiries. Or, they make me record these all at once, I'm forced to stay here. Please, I've been here for days, and they won't let me go. Contact us at goodjobadventures at gmail.com. For everything else, follow us on Twitter at seriouslypleasesendhelp. I'm so alone, and I don't know what to do. They turned off the lights, and I'm not sure they're coming back. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time.